so, Cal, you know, Ken, thanks for getting my name right this time. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Hey, I never got your name wrong. I know we'll, you got my name right. But, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, I'll yeah, mention a bit that. of a brain fart on stage. <laughs> so, Julie, the way this works is um, we just kind of cover Chuck Berry's life a little bit. And cool. um, we could talk about, um, you know, we'll, we'll promote your movie and stuff, anything that you want to promote. And you could just jump in with jokes or or anything that you want to add. Okay. Uh, I love Chuck Berry. I mean, you could talk about Chuck Berry all all day long. Yeah. All right. Well, we will um, chip you ready. Well, what's the purpose of the show, first of all? The purpose, it's just, it's just like, um, it's just a music comedy show. It's, it's just, oh, okay. it's just comedians. Right. It's, I, we just find people right, that love enough. music. Okay, yeah. I, I got it. <laughs> if, if, Julie, if you could be on the, ep, the ep, every episode just to do that, just to <laughs> rein me in. <laughs> It'd be amazing. Okay. Uh, All right. You yeah, know, each week, each week we pick a different story, a different artist, a different band, whatever. And then we just talk about, it. and it's like some weeks we're super heavy on information and like really get into it other weeks were just like we did part of what we did last week was ted nugent and we just made fun of ted nugent oh uh, yeah that's that's yeah. goes without saying yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right all right hello welcome to another episode of i love rock and roll i'm and Ken. i am your co-host chip chantry wait there's no opening music <laughs> There is. We we edited it in. It's a music show and you don't open with music. It, we do. When you listen to it, you're going to hear, when you play it back, you're going to hear rock oh, and roll music it. intro. I get it. You're Julie, gonna... can you, you want to go get your harmonica? <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it in post. <laughs> we'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> play the goddamn music. How hard is it? How hard is it to press a button? And so you can hear some whoever we're doing today. You should plug the person, by the way, because uh, it is it is very funny. You should plug the person that is uh, do, doing this, that does the intro. That does the intro. It's yeah. uh, Eric Harrison, who's actually a, a close friend of mine, a local New Jersey musician who, who's been cranking out albums since uh, probably 30 years now. Eventually, one of them is going to get published. It's oh. it's super unlikely. It's it's, <laughs> but, but he puts them out. I apologize. I have to do something. I'm so sorry. I have to, um, I have to jump out and jump back in. Uh, we, we have to edit this out. I apologize. I am on the wrong uh, Zoom thing. If you look, it's it's Helium yeah, it Comedy Club. Helium. Oh. I'm on their thing, and I didn't realize because I had my class last night. So I have to jump. I, it'll take 30 seconds. I'll be right back. I apologize uh, to do that, but I'll be right back. See, now not having sure. the live music doesn't no. seem so yeah, bad. Because right? <laughs> no. Helium doesn't hire me, so he just wants to rub it in that he's on Helium's website, and Helium doesn't use me. Helium, Helium's never, a tough club to... You've never seen Julia Scotty at Helium. I've always, every time I've been there, I've had great, great sets, and I can't, the only, I can't get in unless somebody takes me. Well, that's because you keep calling it boron <laughs> and xenon. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. No, I'm so sorry. I'm, All right. Any other no, delays you want to put in? She's being incredible. She's being incredibly rude. Incredibly rude. I. It's. All right. Okay. I have to go. Thank you, Mr. Ingenio. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank I, you. Sorry about that. I. Uh, that's all right. At least you can get him on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, I'm Ken Krantz, and with us today uh, is Julius Scotty. Julius Scotty has. Uh, you've been on Showtime, Funny Women of a Certain Age. No, more funny. Women more funny certain. women of a certain age. The second, the second iteration. Um, and you have a movie out now about your life that's streaming everywhere. It is. Yes, it's called uh, Julia Scotty. Funny that way. Yes, I. That's I, the, I you got to use the full title if you Google it because funny that way will just get you a possum who likes to wear ballerina clothing. You know, videos of that, and that's no, that's not fun. No offense, but I I would watch a possum wearing funny clothing. I would too, but if you want to watch my doc, you got to watch Julie Scotty funny that way. Right. Let's let's let our reader let's let our listeners decide. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a big possum community out there. People who love watching adorable possums wear funny clothes. No. Now now, let me ask you a question. In that within that community, are there subsets of people who who like to refer to them as opossums? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, th- th- sure. Those are the those are the Irish pops. The Irish. Yeah. Are the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me bite you in the foot. <laughs> I uh, I was just hosting for Julia and uh, at Stress Factory. If you want to call it that, <laughs> if some might call it that, with um with Buddy Fitzpatrick and I was having uh I was having a rough night. It, it wasn't. It was a rough night off stage. It was a rough night before I even took the stage. And I'm I'm good friends with Buddy. And, <laughs> and I went up there and um, completely blanked on his name when it came time to bring him up. And I brought him up as Buddy Harris. Who, um, sure, Buddy Harris. Yeah, yeah who sure. who I don't even know how I knew that name. Turns out is also uh, a, a comedian. finalist in 1992, Buddy Harris. <laughs> and... Um, when I went, you know, I realized what I'd done. Buddy made a little bit of fun of me from stage. And then I walked over to Julia and I said, oh, you know, what do you want me to say about you? And she said, did, <laughs> she said, did you really just call him Buddy Harris? <laughs> I said, I said, yeah, I did. She said, you might want to write this down. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I still have the notes in my app. I, I did that with J.J. Ramirez. I, I've known J.J. since... Like 1980. You, you don't like JJ, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I'm at the Borgata and he's standing in the wings and I'm about to bring him on and I look over. I can't remember. <laughs> I just, I'm completely gone, completely gone. I just said, the Latin lunatic and burn him out, just like that. And, uh, <laughs> and I wrote it on my hand for the rest. Something you might want to do, Ken, yeah. the next time you're on a show. I wrote it on my hand for the rest of the week, yeah. That story went nowhere. <laughs> Well, no, it just it, it just shows uh, if not, it shows Ken's lack of professionalism, and that's what the listeners need to know. Yes, it did definitely yeah. show that. Yeah, this yeah. this is this is a warts and all. Yeah, this yeah. is a warts and all music podcast. Yeah, anybody? Uh, anyone, anybody want a minute? No. <laughs> I'm good, thank you. <laughs> um, 
But let's uh, let's dive right in today's topic. Yeah, if uh, it's and so thank you, Julia, feel free to jump in whenever you want. I'm going to start. I'll start with some of the background, uh, if that's all right. So I'm really excited about this topic. I've wanted to do this. We've all we've since the beginning of this podcast, we've wanted to do this topic. So let me jump in. Uh, Buck Cherry was formed in Anaheim, California <laughs> in 1995. Their first release was a self-titled it's, Buck Cherry in 1999, which featured the single Lit Up. Lit, yeah, we're, it's not Buck Cherry. You're close. Oh. Do you know, I just realized that. Is that why they did that? I would assume the band Buck Cherry. I think I just realized that in doing that joke. Is there a band called There's Buck a, Cherry? Yeah. There was, yes, in the oh, late you know, 90s. I thought, see, and I thought Chip was clever enough to have made that up. No. I, uh, no. I, Julia, you, you must not spend a lot of time in strip bars. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Not, not anymore, anyway. I mean, since like, <laughs> yeah. Well, then, since I got the hips, the, you know, nobody wants to see me dance. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they had that song Crazy Bitch that you would always. Yeah, sure. I, uh, yeah, had it at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> great. It's a great first dance song. Yeah. Uh, and a portent, too. A yes. Portent, yeah. yeah. No. Uh, so we're not doing Buck Cherry uh, this, this week. Buck Naked? Yes. Yes. George Costanza is Buck Naked. Yeah. Buck Henry. <laughs> Buck Henry. No, we're we're covering the great Chuck Berry. I love Chuck Berry. I, I mean riding I, along in my automobile. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Here's I'm just I'm I'm almost disappointed in us. We've done this podcast for a couple months now, and the, the fact that we've waited this long to actually jump in to Mr. Barry, I mean, he is the uh, literally the father of rock and roll, the father of what we're, what we're talking about. Well, I think it's only fitting that you have me on for this episode, since I'm probably the only one that remembers that was alive when he was at the height of his fame. No, no. So, so let me let walk us through it. What, what is, what are your memories of him? Like, what, what do you like? What, do, what does he bring up when, when you think? Oh about God! Oh, the, the, I mean, I, I, I go back to you know uh, American Bandstand when it was in Philadelphia in the afternoons, and my sister was who's four years older than me. <laughs> we always fought because we only had the one little television, and and I wanted to watch Officer Joel Bolton, who was a kids show host in New York. And she wanted to watch Dick Clark. So inevitably, she won because she she was bigger than me. Sure. But you know, seeing Chuck Berry on on those shows, uh, seeing him on Ed Sullivan, seeing him anywhere really, just you know, you just go, and you hear you know hearing him on the radio too, AM radio at the time. You, you know, you the quality of those radios was so bad. But boy, that that's the best way to hear Chuck Berry and through a scratchy old car speaker. Like a transistor radio. radio. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, yeah, it was, it's just staticky and tinny. But man, he rocks us. Can we swear on here? Yes. Sure. Yeah, rocks the shit out of everything he ever played. Yeah. And, and I think it was just so groundbreaking, like that change. And not that this is as big of a deal, but like I just remember, you know, being. 14 years old the first time i like you know you're hearing music you're kind of getting into stuff and i was never a big hair metal fan i was never a big into you know like that 80s rock sound and then i hear nirvana's smells like teen spirit for the first time and like just being knocked off my chair like this is something yeah. new, uh-huh. completely yeah. different and i think that's what he did just it's such a larger level than nirvana did but uh just totally changed what yeah well what, what was interesting about those times is that what they would do is they would get uh pat boone to do yeah. covers of uh like little richard tunes you know to yep. be fruity and 
and, and songs like that. And, and, and I don't know if Pat or any of those guys covered Chuck Berry. I don't yeah. think he led them. I don't, um, I don't think he led them. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if Pat Boone covered Chuck, but there is, um, there's a famous documentary, Hail, Hail Rock and Roll. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, uh, was produced by Keith Richards for Chuck Berry's 60th birthday and they right. held it in. Keith, his, yeah. They had that great band, Keith playing on that band. Oh, yeah. it was like the house band was, uh, right. Keith Richards, Steve Jordan on uh-huh. drums. Robert Cray was in the house band. Yeah. But um, but Chuck Berry's bitching at Keith Richards about how to play Chuck Berry. I thought it was yes. there one point where he's yelling at him. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they 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 get into an argument. You could see you could see Keith is clearly all um, he's on something. You know, like well, he's he's clearly out of it. But you can you can still see how annoyed he is working. Who was with. the female singer that that they had in there that he did that Chuck Berry had never heard of? And when she when she came out and sang, he went nuts and he fell in love with her. What, was it Linda was? Ronstadt? Because she's no, on it. She, yes, it was. He, has, Ronstadt, he had Linda think, Ronstadt yeah. sang "Back in the USA." Back in the USA, yep. right? Yeah. But and he didn't know her. Yeah, and he also impossible. <laughs> he also introduces uh, when Julian Lennon comes out. He introduces right. him as John, which uh, was was pretty funny. Um. But so, oh, Chip, what the fuck were we just saying? I just. Uh, so Chuck Charles Berry uh, invented rock and roll is what we're. Oh, right. At. Yeah. So well, he, actually, he didn't invent it. He invented that true. sound. Rock yeah. and roll was around. Uh, it, it, you know, it sprung out of the 1940s, um, you know, the R&B stuff, the black groups and the arm, you know, the race music, they called it back then. And it. It evolved. He didn't actually invent it. He, he, yeah, he, he for all did. intents and purposes, modern rock. Yes, like, yeah. And, and I think I think one of the big things which I thought was interesting is is the fact that like the the guitar seemed to be sort of you know a backing instrument, and he yes. he brought the guitar to kind of be like this is going to be the lead instrument from now on. Like this is the right, yeah. yeah. And the same way that Gene Krupa brought drums to you know as a, as a soloing type of instrument when necessary. Yes, he did that with that because prior to that, the guitar was a rhythm. You know, it was part of the rhythm section in the big bands. You always saw the guy sitting, you know, in yeah. no amp, but he's just, you know, just keeping time. Yeah. And then, yeah, people like Chuck Berry um, did do that. Yes, you're right. Kind of like the legendary Weed brought the giant plastic cow uh, to the floor. Yeah. You yeah. know, long before the redheaded guy did it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Chuck Berry, I mean, he I, I think he wouldn't have even claimed that he invented rock and roll. He said he was very heavily influenced oh. by T-Bone Walker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. T-Bone Walker was the first guy that would play the guitar over his head. Um, I think what Chuck Berry brought was a sense of showmanship to it. And, and the sound. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, sound. the, the yeah. sound. He um, it was like the he, he came out of the 50s. And uh, it was it was the first time I think the teenagers became a dominant buying force in America, which in part had to do with the people like Dick Clark. I mean, he and Alan Freed before him. You know, right. And yeah. Who again, fact- I'm young. I'm old enough to remember Alan Freed on the radio in the, in the waning years of his uh, career. Yeah. Yeah, well, he he factors into this at uh, at some he he gets he gets in trouble for uh, he sort of became like the scapegoat for payola. 
Yeah. Yeah. He really was the scapegoat because everybody was doing it. Right. Everybody was doing it. And then and then they just kind of nailed him. And And I was saying that they should have payola in comedy, but they don't for some reason. I keep saying <laughs> Bring payola into comedy. Throw them a little something, and yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. If you want to make money, you got to have money. I mean, yeah. that's that's the way it is. And and Chuck Bear also did that too. Like I think recognized, or either recognized, or it kind of came hand in hand, where like he started talking about girls and cars and the things that teenagers were talking about. Like kind of had that and with, with sexual, uh, you know, sexual undertones. To right. Me. Yeah. So, right. Same as Little Richard was. Just, you know, they they both kind of hit. Um, Rich, little Richard will tell you he invented. Rock oh and roll. yes, yeah. He'll tell you he invented everything, but primarily rock and roll. That's, and he pretty much did, you know. That's um, what I wanted to say before when we were talking about Hail Hail Rock and Roll. There's these great scenes with Chuck Berry, Little Richard, and Bo Diddley, mm-hmm. and they're being interviewed about the old days and getting started. And Little Richard was so angry at Pat Boone. Because he he was oh, he, they were taking reason. yeah they were taking these great rock and roll records and then turning them into something vanilla. Um, Have but, you heard Pat Boone's versions of Tutti Frutti? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's, it's you just sit there and go, Jesus Christ, how we how we ever became a superpower is beyond me. That anybody would let this talentless piece of dreck pick up a you know a little richard tune and go with it and and have white kids going yeah baby and snapping their fingers on the one and three yeah you know? yeah like like <laughs> like steve martin in the jerk like, yeah, like, yeah exactly <laughs> um did you have you ever heard pat boone's heavy metal album I have. I have. It's, 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 there's a part of me that doesn't know if that's an actual joke, which I know it was, but I mean, uh, it was inspired putting him in leather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I'll just run through his history real quick. So, so Chuck Berry's born in St. Louis in 1926, and this becomes a reoccurring theme throughout his life. He, he starts getting into the tr- he starts getting in the trouble with the law pretty early. He's arrested for armed robbery in high school and serves um, he serves three years in a reformatory. He gets out. He, he tries settling into like just a regular family life, gets a job at an auto plant, gets married, stays married to the same lady for 69 years. They, they both died in 2017. And um, he starts. Didn't know that. That's that's a new one. Yeah, I did not know. That. Yes, the Thelmeta Berry. They had several children together. They had, I think, four kids together. There's, if you're listening, there's two really great documentaries. One is called Chuck Berry, the original King of Rock and Roll, and the other is Hail Hail Rock and Roll, which is like a documentary and a concert film. Um. He joins the Johnny Johnson trio and Johnny Johnson is one of the great boogie woogie piano players of all time. 
And Johnny Johnson has this trio and, and they're based in St. Louis, but they do a little traveling in the Midwest. Chuck Berry joins and it becomes pretty evident that this guy is the star of the show. And Chuck suggests changing the name to the Chuck Berry trio. And Johnny Johnson understands that he he is a much harder working person with star quality, with good business sense in charge and allows him to do it with no animosity. Um, Which is pretty uh, magnanimous when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and b- by the way, that's why uh, starting this week, Julia, we are changing the name of this podcast to Chip Chantry's. I think I it's Love a Rock great idea. It's, it's evident to me that, uh, you know, where the, where <laughs> the, the yeah. luminosity lies. <laughs> Thank you for the vote of confidence. <laughs> I don't ever have to see either one of you again, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is so Chuck Berry gets his big break in 1955. He travels to Chicago and meets Muddy Waters. And Muddy when he, he's telling Muddy Waters he's looking for a record deal. Muddy Waters sends him over to Chess Records, mm-hmm. tells him to go audition with Leonard Chess. Um, he auditions with a uh, country standard called Ida Red. And Chess tells him that it sounds good but that that's an outdated song and to change the words, keep the melody, change the words. Uh, that song eventually becomes Maybelline, which is his, his first hit. So his yeah, first song he releases. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he says, come back in a week and we'll, uh, we'll record some demos and see how it goes. He says, write some songs and come back in a week. Now, this is what blew me away because I, I didn't know any of this. He returns a week later, having written in one week, Maybelline, Roll Over Beethoven, Too Much Monkey Business, and In the Wee Wee Hours. He wrote that all in one week, and they they sat, I mean, four absolute classic songs. In the Wee Wee Hours, one of the great ballads of all time. In the wee wee hours That's when I think of you In the wee wee hours That's when I think of you You say, but yet I wonder If your love was ever true And uh, they record all four in six hours. Maybelline takes 36 takes. So including 36 takes, they record four rock and roll classics in six hours. Do they give you a reason why it took so many takes? Um, no, uh, they, they mentioned it in both documentaries, but they didn't, they didn't go into why. Mm. So. They, and like, it, it did take time, but the good news is that, uh, as far as the producers and the, the musicians, they had no particular place to go. Guys, good night. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. My name is <laughs> That's yeah. why that's why we pay him the big bucks, Julia. Chip oh. Chantry's I Love Rock and Roll featuring Ken Krantz. That's the star power. <laughs> Not anymore. Not after that. <laughs> um 
So he be so Maybelline sells, I think, a million copies and goes to number one on the R and B charts, which is you know his very first song released sells a million copies, and um, he he taps into this teenage market that that and and which is weird because I think he was like pushing thirty at the time. So you had this guy that was pretty far removed from his teenage years that was writing the soundtrack to the 50s teenagers lives. Well, I mean, again, this comes out of the R&B era too. look at Big Joe Turner, you know, it was who was not it was a not a, a matinee idol type and b not a young guy. Uh, Big Mama Thornton the same way. Uh, you know, she was not a pinup girl, but, you know, she, you know, she did Hound Dog before. Before it was already a hit, so he had that. You know, he was coming into that that era where, um, you know, the white kids were buying the race music, right? Probably, but it wasn't getting played that much. That and that's what made uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Ayola uh, guy, oh, free uh, Alan his free. career, right. Yeah, which it, which is weird too because they're probably the same records he would have been playing anyway. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like if, if someone handed you back then, and it's not like there was twenty thousand different bands to to choose from. It, it was like, of course you're gonna play Chuck Berry and Jerry Lee Lewis. Like, who else are you gonna play at that time? Mm-hmm. Well, it also had, you know, it had everything that teenagers would love, fast cars, fast women, you know, uh, you know, just all those motor references in that Maybelline and just, uh, uh, it just, it just had everything that song, you know, and it just, and it drives you know, right from, right from the opening. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. No, it, it, but that totally does. And it's just the, it, that revolutionary sound just, just yeah. hitting the ground running. Yeah. Those opening chords, you know, the minute you, you hear it, you know exactly what it is. Well, you, you know, what was which, in- is, which is very interesting, which we'll get to, but about his backing bands and the intro. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but with his backing bands, uh, we, we'll get into it a little bit, yeah. but where he he wouldn't play. He would come into a, a town solo. Right in later years and he wouldn't really rehearse with them and he wouldn't even give them a set list he would just play the opening riff yeah expect them to know what the song was and they are so recognizable yeah they are that and they're not that complicated a song i mean they're basically the same three chords in every song it's just what he did with them it's amazing three minute songs they were all three minute songs and um yeah chip it's it's funny that you say that that he yeah, as, as he gets into the 60s and 70s and starts touring alone. Um, I mean, think about how powerful that music is that you can just have in your contract. Just find me a band that knows Chuck Berry's greatest hits. Mm-hmm. And every band in the country knows them. Yeah. Uh, every guitar player, you know, learned on learned on those songs from that. You know, they, of course they would know them. How would you, not only that, if you knew you were going to open for Chuck Berry, First thing you would do is go learn every fucking song. You ever exactly. Wrote. Yeah. I'd yeah. probably fuck his name up, bring it yeah, up. Yeah, Barry and Barry, former mayor of Chicago. <laughs> I'm not Washington, not Chicago. Uh, um. So he, uh, but there was also, I, I think he had a bit of like 
There's a little bit of jealousy with Elvis going on. They they touched on this in a bunch of the documentaries because Elvis was just taking the black music, but getting the mainstream success. Well, it wasn't just him that was a right. jealous. I mean, you know, all of them. Yeah. You can't blame them in a way. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. And not to think anything from Elvis. He was okay. I mean, you know, for what he did to, to move rock and roll into mainstream, I hate to use that term mainstream, mint anyone? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. But, you know, um, but he, you know, Chuck Berry was right. They were all right. Right. I mean, Chuck Berry was writing his own songs, mm-hmm. music and lyrics, playing guitar, singing. He was doing everything that Elvis, I think, wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, couldn't they even had they 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 I saw an Elvis version of Johnny Be Good on YouTube. That was it's like if you can't play the guitar, you shouldn't be singing that song. Looks we'll like the Carl Perkins version of Blue Suede Shoes, too, that he does. He, he fucks up the beginning of it. You know, in the, in the Carl Perkins, it's uh, there's a there's a there's a beat, is it that don't and then there's like a beat, and then Perkins comes in and goes, "It's one for the money." You know, like an, an empty space there, an empty note. Elvis just goes right into it. That don't one for the money. It, you have to hear what I'm talking about. I'm just blowing it out my ass. No, but it is those things of that. And it's those little nuances that are the feel like that's what rock and roll is. And it's like it kind of gets whitewashed over. And, you know, you have to have those beats. Yeah. Going back to the one in the three. Carl kind of got screwed, too. Mm -hmm. You know. uh, uh, Yeah. So I'm I don't know. Tell Um, me about the backup bands. I'm curious. Did he didn't have an original backup? Was he traveling originally with uh, the same backup band? He he had a band for a while, um, but he he was with this Johnny Johnson trio for or what became the Chuck the Chuck Berry trio for for a long time, and then I think as they went their separate ways, maybe in the sixties or seventies, Chuck realized that he didn't like he didn't like the band mentality. I think he he like he didn't like having the split up money. He didn't like having um, he didn't like having to depend on uh, I, I they claim that he wasn't a drinker or a drug user. And I think that he didn't like having to depend on musicians who were. So for oh, him, I, I got a question. So at what point? Did Marty McFly call up his cousin? <laughs> so what happened was it was uh, 1955. Okay, there was a prom. Okay, there was a, it was, it was, uh, I believe it was Under the Sea. Uh, was <laughs> and well, uh, could, you know, if we could have delivered that part with a straight face, people. <laughs> What up, really? Hey, Marty McFly called. Marty, really? Is that? I, do you know? I, I saw Steve such a funny thing in in that um in the Chuck Berry uh, original King of Rock and Roll documentary. They're interviewing. I think it was Gary Clark Jr. and he's saying that the guitar and amp that Michael J. Fox is playing in Back to the Future wasn't even invented until 1957 or 58. So that's like. I'm like, oh, that's your big plot problem with Back to the Future. <laughs> like he, he was like, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forget the fact that a white guy is credited with inventing uh, yeah. rock and roll, Chuck Berry sound. Yeah. By the way, I saw I was at the Made in America Festival in Philly. I think it was the first year. It was in 2012, I think. The Made in America Festival 
you know, it was just a bunch of stages in Philly and we just happened upon the one side stage and this guitar just blew us out of the water. We didn't know what it was. And it was the first time I heard Gary Clark Jr. And man, that guy can, that yes. guy can play. Yeah. It's I Unbelievable. Yeah. I saw if Julie, if you don't know who he is, he he's uh, he's one of the best guitar players alive right now. No, actually, I, I do know who he is. Yes, believe it or not, I, I do. Yeah. I, uh, Gee, uh, Gary actually did a tribute to Chuck Berry the the year after he had passed away for the Grammys, and it's amazing. He plays it exactly how Chuck would have done it. It's a three piece band. And it's probably one of the best Chuck Berry covers. Do what? Do you remember what song it he was? He does Maybelline, Johnny Be Good, and uh, I think I think Ain't That a Shame. Yeah. Yeah. That was Fats Domino. That, that was. I think it was just a cover, but I oh, think okay. it was a. Okay. Uh, I got to tell you, I mean, for, as a former musician, I mean, um, for me, the all-time greatest rock and roll song ever, Johnny Be Good. Yeah. Uh, you know, without, you know, that's just it for me. You well, there's just that energy that, that they, comes off of it. They launched that song into space on the Voyager. Mm-hmm. So that that the the astronauts put together a gold record. Wait, I have to find what it's called. I have it in my notes. They put together a gold record called the Voyager record filled with like poetry and readings by by people they liked. And Carl Sagan got to choose what he wanted on the record and Uh chose Johnny Be Good. To, to represent a, what music in America was. There's yeah. a story like that where uh, about um, they did one of those things for the moonshots or one, you know, early on this, and they included Count Basie's band, big band, who I love, Basie's yeah. band, greatest big band ever. And they shoot this thing out into space, and like a thousand years from now, uh, they get a response from a distant, distant planet, you know, and all it says is. Send more basic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? There's there's a clip of Steve Martin in this documentary doing that same joke about send more Chuck Berry. Yeah, well, the, the original was basic that because they actually did send it out, you know, right. 100 years ago. So this would be precedes Steve Martin. Yeah. Yeah. It's an old it's an old joke. Oh, but I mean, funny. it's uh, I, I could see Steve Martin lifting it for me. <laughs> <laughs> so the other interesting thing that I found was that um, Chuck Berry wrote his guitar parts off of the piano. He was trying to mimic Johnny Johnson's super fast piano mm. intros. So all of those riffs came from playing along, like trying to mimic a piano. Oh, wow. That makes sense when you but- think about them. Yeah. And by the way, do you think that the th- the third guy in the Johnny Johnson trio just felt shitty all the time? Yeah. Like he oh. never got 
Right. Do you think like every once in a while, like they just be like, all right, Billy, we're going to, we're going to call the best. Yeah. He's the best. Yeah. Like he never actually quit the Beatles, but they just never talk about it. They just kept moving the rehearsal spaces and not telling them. Right. Like there's like, there's, there's drums. Where do we set up? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so by the early 60s, uh, he's got a string of hits, but his he's starting to, you know, his he's starting to come like be on the downturn a little bit of his career. He opens his own nightclub. And this is this is where he now gets in trouble with the law a second time. And, and this is in a pretty major way. Um, he opens his own nightclub called the Bandstand in St. Louis. And he's arrested in 1962 for violating the Mann Act. Um, he was transporting a 14-year-old girl across state lines for immoral purposes. Um, I always thought that's weird, though, too. If, like, that's the crime of, like, going across state lines, like, not the actual act. Like, I always thought that's a weird right. thing. Right. Well, it, it, it totally goes against the, the idea of it's not where you are, but who you're with. You know, right. like it just have totally... a precedent so, so that had somewhere along the way that that somebody had to do that for the purposes of. They yeah. said it, oh. it made it much easier to prosecute things that they could improve. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but Chuck Berry um, claims, and this is so funny. Like every time they bring up a legal issue of his in in the in the Chuck Berry documentary. They flash to his lawyer who tries explaining it all away. So every time they're like, and then he gets in trouble. Yeah, right. And then they just flash to some old white guy who's like, well, what had happened was. um, (laughs) (laughs) What it was. uh, Yeah. So he claims that he saw this girl who was a Native American 14 year old prostitute. And he had this idea that if they dress her up to look like uh, like an Indian, that would help drum up business in the bandstand. He claims that she says that she was 21. Um, well, let's go back to the marketing strategy yes. there. What, uh, what exactly would that have done to compel people to go see Chuck Berry? Well, no, it, it, it was just to come visit his, his nightclub. It wasn't it wasn't like this will help sell tickets. It'll this will get people in the nightclub. This pretty girl dressed up like a Native American. So he couldn't find in all of St. Louis. He he had to go to Mexico to find her. (laughs) (laughs) He he found her in Mexico. She's imported. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This was long before the wall. It was domestic process. We had imported process. then now this is where this is where I was saying to Kahuna before we started that I was a little bummed out that I did as much research on Chuck Berry as I did because I I absolutely love the dude. Um, but then I found I found a really long article from the from the prostitute and it it went over a lot of what she alleges. Uh, she claims that he raped her like 10 or 11 times over a few week period. Um, hi, he hired her for his nightclub, but then I guess the, the Indian lady wasn't bringing in the business that he thought it would and uh, ultimately fires her. But he does he does get arrested and charged with violating the Man Act and serves two years. Um. 
He's released in 1963. And Chess Records, like he was their star. So when he went to jail, they were in a lot of trouble. And I thought this was funny. They released an album of his recordings and they added applause after every song. And they called it Chuck Berry. On, like they made it sound like a live album to oh, have wow. something of his to sell. And they just added applause. Isn't that what they did to your... I, I, think, I think, Ken, isn't that what they did to your latest comedy album where they put yeah. laughter on yeah. it so yes. it sounded like yeah. people were enjoying it? Is that, I just I met with like, the director last weekend. I was like, just add every time that it sounds like there should be applause and laughter, just add it. Uh, one of my first big quote unquote moments in comedy, uh, this is like 2007 maybe, I won the Philadelphia uh Purina Pet Comedy Challenge, it was called. It was like Purina did this thing where they went around and they wanted people to do jokes about their pets, like family friendly jokes about their pets. And they had a competition at Helium. So I just wrote a bunch of pet jokes, did them. And then like, it was actually Chris Kosha and I, we moved on and we went to actually the hometown of Chuck Berry. We went to St. Louis, St. Louis yeah, and we sure. flew in to do this national championship. Chris ended up winning. Uh, I, I did not, but it was, it, it was a, during an ice storm. It was terrible. I was up for like 48 hours straight. Cause I had to get to the airport oh, the whole thing. And it was, it was at like one in the afternoon and the crowd was terrible. And I wasn't that funny, but I tried to do my best. I'm exhausted. And then they put the footage, they owned the footage. So they put it out on YouTube and they just canned, they just sweetened it for everybody and put canned laughter in for most of the acts, including me. <laughs> and it's the worst editing job I've ever heard. Because it's, so, is it dogs laughing? It's, yeah, it, it should. It, I'd prefer that. I'd prefer it just like cats meowing and dogs. It's And it's just me doing shitty jokes about cats and dogs and the the most... Uh, artificial laughter and for a couple of years that was the only video of chip chantry doing comedy <laughs> on the internet that's is it great still up there? It, there's a chance it still might be un look for it unfortunately later. you know yeah. what the really sad thing is that runner-up to that contest was a possum in a dress <laughs> it was. You have you have to Google it just the right Which way. Which had more hits than Chip, actually. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it still does. Still definitely does. Oh, well, let me ask you a question, Chip. How how in God's green earth does that have anything to do with Chuck Berry? Oh, just with the uh, the adding the laughter in there. So uh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, I, th I consider myself to be the Chuck Berry of comedy. Though. I mean, I think you've heard people say that, right? A lot of people say that. Yeah. Many people, yeah. Yeah. Many people say that. Yeah. Yeah, because oh, he doesn't pay his taxes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the chess record uh, movie uh, with the? Yeah, Cadillac Records. Cadillac Records. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I thought did they like did him? a good. Yeah, I thought they did a good job with that. I thought so too. I was really. I like him. Uh, who's, and I can't. I'm I think, I think it was a, Adrian Brody. Played the notes. Yeah, Adrian Brody. Oh, and most most hot, deaf played Chuck very Berry. Hot. Yeah, Chip's always he's always going on about how hot Adrian Brody is. Adrian Brody is. Brody is yeah. I, yeah. 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 All right. I just thought I'd bring that up. <laughs> I actually won uh, two years after the Purina. Oh, thing. We're going to hear I, about everything you fucking won. Yeah. 
Uh, two years after that, I was a semifinalist in the Adrian Brody comedy contest, where uh, it, it, yeah, it was actually cow can uh, cat food went around, and they wanted comedians to do their best Adrian Brody jokes. I wrote, I wrote five minutes of Adrian, Bro- Adrian Brody material, and they they flew me, flew you out too, they flew yeah. me to Des Moines, and we all went to Des Moines. It was yeah, it was it was myself and Joey Callahan. We were the, we were the uh, semi finalists. <laughs> Uh, oh my god oh shit that was funny <laughs> if, if you guys aren't don't completely understand chuck berry's life by now i don't know what to tell you obviously yeah i think we've given this you all has you. very little to do with chuck berry and i think you that should be evident by now yes yeah <laughs> i'm determined though i want to I'm, I'm, we're gonna... I, I appreciate your stamina it's really, <laughs> yeah. it's really he's the focus he is admirable the focus. yeah no guiding light uh, not one of you have mentioned the fact that behind me is a picture of gene shepherd the great Gene Shepard. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's great. At the mic at KYW in Philadelphia when he hosted his show there. Really? Yep. Oh, that's great. You don't care. You don't even know who Gene Shepard is. Think it's gr- I think it's great. I love it. Didn't, isn't he like the author? Yes, he's like the author. And he, he writes some books and shit. Yeah, he wrote some books and shit. <laughs> fucking kids. You fucking kids. You. <laughs> You have no sense of history. He wrote no. a Christmas story. All right. Yeah. Well, how, well, how about uh, yes? He did write Christmas. Well, how about this one? Do you know who she is? Does she look familiar to you? Oh, that's she the lady like pilot. But these two guys. She looks you know like she's are? lost. Those, those two guys. You know them? Uh, yeah, it, I think that isn't that Simon and Simon. It from, is uh, Simon, Simon and Simon. Uh, she just, by the way, uh, Julia just showed us pictures of Amelia Earhart. And uh, <laughs> Chip goes, she looks like she's lost. <laughs> Oh, I hey, thought it was Chip Chandler. Don't you can you can kid about anything, but don't kid about my Amelia because she okay. would have been my wife. Yeah, had she lived, she'd yeah. have been old, but she'd have been my wife. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, anyway, fuck that was back funny. to Chuck Berry though. Back to Chuck Berry. So. um the seventies, the seventies is when he's. He started. really is sticking to it, isn't he? Yeah, he really no. He that really, he's he's the driving force. Yeah. The, Does he do this every week? I mean, do you really? He he really is like. In, in, in the, if this were a train derailment, yeah, <laughs> which it he is, would be running the crane, picking the car, trying to put it back on. <laughs> somebody, somebody's got to, right? Keep knocking it yeah. off. Yeah. yeah, I give him credit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the guy. I'm just the guy that's tying a lady to the railroad tracks in front of it <laughs> and, wha- and wha- twisting my mustache. <laughs> Um, this is my signature, by the way. I have to, every podcast I've ever done, I blow my nose on. Oh, I it's thought like that's like ear. that's yeah. like her way of giving us the light. I got five I'm, more I'm minutes. I'm looking at of... the clock here. It's ten to ten to the hour. Yeah, we're uh, running. Uh, we have we still have to uh, do the my dingling portion of. Uh, yeah, uh, well, that was my favorite songs. The sad, sad, my dingling fortune. Yep. His, his, do you know that was his only number one hit? Yes, in I do. I remember when it came out. And he was, he was, uh, he wasn't happy about that. It was, I don't blame him. Yeah. You know, he's talking, singing a song about his dick. We got to do our alma mater. We must do our alma mater. When I was a little bitty boy, my grandmother bought me a cute little toy. Silver bells hanging on a string. She told me it was my ding-a-ling-a-ling-o. Ding-a-ling. Ding-a-ling. 
and it's the only number one song he ever had with all the great stuff he put on. Yeah, I don't know why he'd be upset about that, can I? <laughs> Yeah, he uh, did. Did you uh, do you have like th- that? I the dumbest. I I have one throwaway joke that's just the absolute dumbest joke in my act. Only one. Yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah, I, I worked with you, Ken. I don't know. I just. <laughs> Well, one of them, has, I'm not saying they're not all dumb. I'm saying this one is the dumbest. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it it gets, every time I do it, it's the biggest laugh of the show. And it's, I, it's like frustrated. But then you're such a whore for the laughs that you're like, even though you don't feel good about What's doing it. What's the joke? The joke. We got 10 minutes, eight minutes fucking left. Tell the joke. The joke is I do an impression of, you know, the the Marjorie Taylor Green lady, the Jewish space laser lady. Right. So I so I do an impression. I ask if they want to hear an impression of Jewish space lasers. And then my impression of Jewish space lasers is just Jew, Jew, Jew. It's it's the dumbest thing. I I put a pen to paper and wrote that down one day. As you wrote goof. that down. There's that you wrote that. Holy shit, bro! I would make like the Nixon tapes and just cut that up and just get rid of it. Uh, Ken, you should enter that into the uh, Purina uh, <laughs> challenge. Nice, nice callback, Chip. That's nice. Nice. Oh, uh, yeah, but that always gets the biggest laugh. I feel like we're running out of steam here on on Chuck Berry. <laughs> um, you know what? I want to get into. Uh, I just want to get into some more of his. Um, sure. Into some of his prison stuff. Um, his prison stuff. His prison stuff. Like his prison name? No, like like uh, he he kept running afoul of the law. Oh, oh yeah, I remember that. Okay, go ahead. Um, 1979, he goes back to prison for four months uh, for tax evasion because he he was constantly getting paid in cash. Oh, that was the other interesting thing. They said that um, he'd show up at a gig. You had to have the band waiting for him. Paper bag. Uh, he he would charge ten thousand dollars, and you had to give him ten grand, and you'd give him eleven grand in a paper bag. And he had his his rider. It had to be certain amps. The band had to know all his songs. He, whatever it was in his rider, they said it wasn't an extensive rider. But if you didn't meet his requirements, he would fine you. If you met all his requirements, he'd give you back $1,000 at the end of the night. If, if you didn't. <laughs> well, you, you know, Aretha Franklin did that. She didn't do the fining thing, but she, every night after every show, or maybe even before, bag full of money. Uh, that's how she never got paid check right. full of money. Well, that's got it's just got to be a result of getting screwed over so many times. I would think apparently she just... did stand up. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought this was interesting. He actually plays for uh, then President Jimmy Carter at the White House and then uh, reports to jail three days later. So he he literally goes from the White House and then three days later, he's in prison for tax evasion. The White House to the big house. (laughs) 
But also, like, I could, can you not pardon people while, like, is it just an on your way out thing? Like, couldn't Jimmy Carter have been like, you know what? He was. There's actually a whole process to pardoning. It's not. It's not like the former person just said, "Oh, you pardoned." You actually had to. <laughs> I thought all you had to do was tweet it out, and then it was done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. There's an, there's an actual process for pardoning, so the answer is no. Oh, but Jimmy Carter Chuck, was I'd a rock and roll writer. president, man. Yeah, Jimmy Carter loved rock and roll. Yeah. Oh. Um. Uh, nineteen eighty-seven. He's charged with punching a lady in the face, but it gets pled down to um, uh, aggravation. Yeah, the evil eye. He didn't punch her; he just gave her the evil eye. <laughs> he had to pay a two hundred fifty dollars fine, and then this is where it gets weird. In nineteen ninety, oh, now it gets yeah, weird. this is where it gets <laughs> the weird. Fourteen year old girl in the Indian costume wasn't weird, but that was, do you know what though? This, so this, so reading this exposed some of my own hypocrisy to me because last week when we did the Ted Nugent episode. Like, I was so disgusted by him being with underage girls. And uh, but this week I'm reading about it. I'm like, yeah, it's bad, but it's a fucking dude wrote Maybelline. Like, yeah. Ted Nugent? No, <laughs> Chuck Berry. I'm sorry. Oh. Um, 1990, there's a restaurant in St. Louis that that during um I guess like during the Jim Crow days wouldn't serve him. And he eventually bought the restaurant restaurant, yeah yeah. like just as uh just as a fuck you and he is charged with uh videotaping he installs cameras in the ladies room and is charged with taking uh just having videotape after videotape of women going to the bathroom and then and then you see the lawyer come on. He's like, well, what had happened was and then the story that he says makes absolutely no sense. Like, I don't even know why they included it. What he, if he tried to say that? Like, what if that was just like a theme restaurant? And it's like, we give you bottomless breadsticks. Plus, we record you pee. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all part of the experience. Johnny P. Good. <laughs> Your dingling. <laughs> no, I I don't believe there was one installed in the men's room. So so okay. what had happened was uh Chuck Berry claimed that there was an employee that was stealing from them and he set up the cameras to catch them. Uh which doesn't explain why he had a trunk filled with the videotapes in his house. Um, forensics, my friend. Forensics. <laughs> And then um, he claims that somebody broke into the house and stole all the tapes and threw them in the dumpster outside of the restaurant where a husband of one of the women who had accused him of videotaping found them. So he claims that was some kind of setup, obviously, but it also doesn't explain why Chuck Berry has a trunk full of tapes of uh women going to the bathroom or how the husband knew to go to the dumpster and back in the right. restaurant at that particular moment when all the tapes were in the dumpster right of his wife yeah right and he would have had to look through all of them to yeah. find his wife <laughs> yeah, he just keeps looking sure. it's like this one's not her put the next one on <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um 
in those in those tapes, there's one found, uh, and this is this is where it gets a little disturbing. Again, uh, yeah. How much more disturbing is it going to get? <laughs> well, it pretty. It's getting pretty. Like this is. What's the, what was it? They get one of Jackie Kennedy taking a whiz. <laughs> oh, well, you're you're clo- It wasn't Jackie O, but they they do find a tape of Chuck Berry peeing on some young blonde lady, and then they find another tape of the same young blonde lady um, pooping on Chuck Berry. All right. Uh... Maybelline, (laughs) and that's what we, ladies and gentlemen, call the duck walk. (laughs) That's a that is disturbing, but but there are several celebrities that have that reputation for that particular sort of, and that's just I mean Benjamin Franklin supposedly loved that too. Yeah, well. And he was the godfather of rhythm and blues. <laughs> he, was. he was. He was the first one to play the guitar over him. He was. A lot of people don't know that he, yeah. Uh, long hair. The people would bust his chops about his long hair. <laughs> by, by the way, if I was like a law and order investigator and I'm watching that video of this uh, sex act going on of, you know, her, her doing that to him, I would say, Boy, it looks like she did have a particular place to go. And then that's the scene right there. That's it. I brought it back again. I brought it back again. I totally redeemed myself. I like the way you're thinking. Julia's getting lower and lower out of frame. Like she's slowly trying to sink her way out of this podcast. And I I don't blame her one bit. The other, what I thought was funny was that they, there's, uh, tape of chuck berry i think in the 70s talking about like if you're gonna cheat on your wife use discretion like you always have to come home and be a family man but you have to use discretion and then um is that available in book form now well it it (laughs) actually is because here i'm writing this down in his night in his for all you kids at home listen up in his autobiography in the 1980s he details all of these sexual liaisons that like he 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 wrote about it and put it out in his autobiography after telling everybody and still married you know stayed married until the day he died the name of the autobiography is evidence (laughs) (laughs) and that and then uh and then a bunch of other things happened, and then Chuck Berry died in 2017. <laughs> you like completely left out of the part of where he won the Nobel Prize. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. For medicine, you know. <laughs> no, he he did win. Um, he did win some like really famous award that was normally given like not to not to musicians. Like some poet laureate thing or something. Oh, is he in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? He got the Kennedy he, Center honors. He got yeah, the Kennedy Center honors from from, from uh, Bill Achievement Award from Bill Clinton. Look, look at this. Yeah. Chip knows more about Chuck Berry than we, anything you've mentioned so far. See, but, I'm and I'm he totally didn't much mention Golden Showers. <laughs> <laughs> he he was also the very first person inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Thank you. Yeah. The very first, which I guess had to have been like a nice little fuck you to him, to Elvis. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, that, that makes sense. Well, what number was Elvis? 
Number two. <laughs> you'd, you'd think Chuck Berry would have wanted the number two. <laughs> That's what he always wanted as a tiny stretcher. <laughs> number two. Oh, you're going to make me pee. <laughs> Get Chuck Judge. Chuck Berry. Bring Chuck Berry's corpse in here. I have to pee. <laughs> He he. Also, the 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 names of the musicians that he influenced are it, it's it's like the entire Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's yeah. Beatles, Stones, Beach Boys, Springsteen, Dylan. Oh, and actually, speaking of which, uh, two people who played in his backing bands at different points when he was traveling around in the early seventies. Uh, Springsteen played one of those backing bands, and right? yeah. Steve Miller uh, played in one of those. Wow, bands. I love Steve Miller. Yeah. He did a whole album with the Steve Miller band. Oh, he did? Yeah. Chuck he really? Oh, I didn't know he that. He did a whole live album in 67. Oh, Why didn't we get that as part of this show? Instead I didn't realize of the that. Because that's fun yeah. facts. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I got to. I'm going to have to find that. Um, yeah. He. What, what was I thought was so funny about this country is that it took all of those white British rock stars covering his songs for white teenagers to find out about Chuck Berry. Yeah. Like he was right here in their own backyard, but it wasn't until they heard the Rolling Stones do Carol or the Beatles do Roll Over Beethoven that they even could begin to work their way backwards. It goes back yeah. to the our Otis Redding episode where like nobody really knew Otis over here and then he goes over to England and he's a god. Mm-hmm. Like Jerry Lewis in France. Ex- exactly. Right. Jerry Lewis, I, I saw an interview, uh, I think it's in Hail, Hail, Rock and Roll where, um, oh, not, I'm Jerry Lee Lewis in Hail, Hail, Rock and yeah, Roll. Yeah, there's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. right. Lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. That was more Charles, by the way, I apologize. That was more Charles Nelson Riley, I think. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> my my only person, Charles Nelson Riley laughing. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis tells a story where his mom always used to tell him that Chuck Berry was her favorite musician and oh, and the and the snap. and the true king of rock and roll. Wow. Snap. Yeah. That's- I think Jerry Lee Lewis and my mother were the same person. <laughs> she forever told me about everybody who was funnier than I was. My 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 mom has. I was uh, at my mom's birthday party a couple years ago, and some of her friends found out that I do stand up, and uh, they were they were saying, "Oh, we'd we'd love to come to a show sometime." And my mom jumped in and says, "He's not ha ha funny." <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that not your tagline? They're like, like on business card. Ken oh, Krantz, you know, comedian. So funny not ha ha funny. His mom. Yeah. Uh, when I first started doing stand up, I was I, I very, when I went to New York finally, I passed auditions at the improv, right? I'm, it's like a dream come true. I'm going on at two in the morning, but that's your own. I bring New York, my yeah. mother. You know, I'm all proud. I want to show off. You know, look, I made it. You know, at the improv, and then, you know, by the time I got up, they had just put Gilbert up, and everybody left. You know, and people were like sleeping on the tables, and so I died a thousand deaths. And she goes, "You know, you're not that funny." <laughs> like, you know, it's it just I so I can I can appreciate Ken's mother. That's funny as shit. Oh, boy. That's great. 
It's not a bad that, album. That, title. You're right. That is your album. That is yeah. your album cover. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, and that that is the life of uh, Chuck Berry. That I think <laughs> went very well, and not. I think off, I think it did not derailed at all. Didn't go off the rails at any no, point. No, as a book report, I think if I were still teaching, I would give you a. Um, I'd give you an A minus on that. All right. Well, I, I take that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I would take that. Yeah. Be the yeah. first A minus I ever got. <laughs> well, only because I never gave A's, so it's really an A. Yeah. Right. But it's but an A minus. Keep them honest. Yeah. Because he, because you, you know, I want him to live up to his potential. Yes. Do you know how many? Like, if you were teaching now with that system, you'd you'd probably have parents calling you. Like, how come? How come oh, she didn't I, get? I caught a kid cheating, and I failed him on the test. And his parents demanded a conference with me and the principal, uh, is because they they didn't want this to mar his record. Because they wanted him to get into a good prep school. Well, then maybe he shouldn't have cheated. Well, that was my point, apparently, but it fell on deaf ears. Uh, the principal's like, couldn't you just make an exception? I'm like, sure, why not? You know, John Wilkes Booth, target practice. Just, <laughs> just out for, he's just a kid out on the street having some fun, you know? Yeah, it was that side. Teaching, some days it was great, some days not so hot. That Who kid watches needed... this show, by the way? Does anybody watch this thing? Uh, not Ken's mom. I know. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously, do you have an audience? How long have you been doing this? A couple months. A few, now, couple... a few months. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun, yeah. though. It's I had a good time. I ho- Yeah, I hope you did. And and it's all audio, so it's just audio. But, oh, good. Uh, okay. We, uh, yeah, hopefully you know, we're getting an audience. We, we appreciate you coming on. I mean, this is this has been a lot of fun. Oh, no. Um, who's next? Who's next week? And we, we haven't. Uh, we haven't. Maybe, maybe we might do um maybe the cars with Dave oh, Jusco. Yeah. He just died, right? Rick okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, now- do uh do Big Joe Turner. You should do him. Okay. All right. Yeah, let's write that down. Yeah. yeah. Uh we did- a lot of the Blues Brothers tunes came from Big Joe Turner stuff and and Big Mama Thornton stuff too. But Big Joe Turner, they did a lot of him and Delbert McClinton too. I think our two favorites are like the two of the lesser known. We did Joe Bryath, oh, which was yeah, actually, amazing. I'm, yeah, so, I meant to. I don't know Joe Bryath. Yes. Yeah, so, Julia, I know every for Pride Month, every day, I actually almost messaged this to you for every day for Pride Month, you were putting up uh, a hero. Uh, hero. That was great. Yeah. From, Thank you. I got a lot of good feedback on it. Thank you. Oh, that's great. And I, I meant to tell you, I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you the the documentary information. But Chip and I actually we stumbled on this documentary about this glam rocker named Joe Bryath, who was the first openly gay rock musician back in 1972 or 73, and the documentary was absolutely wild it was yeah, like one of the best documentaries I've ever, I've ever seen it was it's joe joe bryant joe one word uh, joe yeah, I'll, 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 oh, okay. I'll message you off air with with yeah, the I'd, like inform- to see it. You, I'd like to see it yeah i was uh it started out as a uh just i was having you know i thought it'd be kind of neat to show some of the people that did, never got the recognition they deserved because of you know right. how tough it was and, and and the response was so good i just know oh okay oh. And you did that on Facebook, right? People can follow you on Facebook. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I only missed two days because I was on the road, so I didn't get to do them. But uh, oh, that's great, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. So next year, you know, I'll be doing it again. Yeah. Oh, here comes the Amazon truck. I hope it's for me. I think my I think my shit's here. Oh, baby, <laughs> here it is. I ordered uh, I ordered nuts. I think these are my nuts. <laughs> no, not don't make write your own joke on your own. Side. I'm not saying a word. I'm waiting for salmon to show up too. I ordered salmon. All right, we All uh, right. we're getting to wrap it up, Simon. But Julia, thank you so much for, yeah, for doing you, this. this hope, great, guys. hope you'll come on and let us derail another topic. Yeah, we'd love to have you back on sometime. I'd love to come on anytime you want me. Just let yeah. me know. I'd be more than happy to do it. So, All right. Um, Bye, everybody. Know, right? Yep. See All you right. next week. <laughs> <laughs>